You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Giant Splash podcast. I'm your host, Chronicle Giants beat writer Susan Slusser, and today our guest is Giants closer Jake McGee. Jake is in his 12th season in the major leagues and, of course, his first with the Giants. First of all, Jake, welcome to Giants Plus. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, Jake, one of the things that jumped out to me initially when you signed with the Giants is that you were born in San Jose. How long did you live in the Bay Area? I'm guessing it was, I know you mostly are from, considered from Sparks and the, the Reno area, right? Yeah, well, I was two years old when uh, my parents, um, we moved to Reno, or we moved to Sparks. And then we lived in Sparks since I was two years old. So I didn't know much of San Jose, but uh, I had a lot of family around San Jose and the surrounding areas around there, so. Oh, good. So you got some ties. We'll, we'll claim you still as a Northern California guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reno's close enough, anyway. Uh, yeah. So did you grow up a, a fan of one of the Bay Area teams? Who was your team when you were a kid? Um, I like the Giants, and I like the Braves, because the Braves are always on TBS, so I'd watch the Braves a lot. Um, I always liked Chipper Jones, and then I like the Giants, too. I like to watch them quite a bit. Um, but we only went to, like, one game when I was younger, but when I was in Little League, I was always like the Giants or more teams that are closer like that. So oh, That's awesome. Well, and look at you now. So um, <laughs> so your first season with the Giants uh, has been uh, a lot of good, a little bit down, but let's talk about that a little bit. So you appear in eight of the first 12 games and your lights out, don't give up a hit, you're unscored upon. And then since then, I think it's been four games, you've given up three homers in those four games and and you have not pitched in almost a week now since you guys got the now have the double header I think it'll have been a week so um Mm -hmm. how do you evaluate your season with that super hot start and then you know having a a little more trouble with the long ball recently um I feel like I'd start off hot and pitch in a lot of games um and then now they're trying to you know give me a little more rest here and there um but overall I knew I was going to eventually give up hits and runs um it was, it was really nice to start off hot like that, but, you know, after bouncing back in Miami, I was still a little tired from the shot and went on the COVID IL um, for a few days. But after that, I feel good and strong and, you know, um, hopefully I'll get in there tomorrow. But it's always going to be up and down season. I kind of evaluate it as, like, out of every 10 outings, if you go up a run out of one or two of those, like, that's very consistent and you're doing your job 80% of the time. Um, and you know, kind of go from there. Yeah, I was going to ask you about being on the COVID aisle. Obviously, the good thing is that there was no um, minimum restriction. So you didn't have to stay on like a certain number of days, which that's good. But what were the, what were the side effects like after your second shot? Um, I think mine was like a combination of everything. Um, pitching like eight out of 12 and getting a shot, flying to Miami. And I was just really tired. It took a lot out of me. Uh, I slept like pretty much most of the off day. And then 
um, the next day I was still, still pretty tired. Um, didn't really realize it, it was kind of hard to realize why, why I was so tired too, to get more energy. Um, yeah. but after those like few days I had off, like I felt really good in the game I pitched in uh, Philly. And then since then I've been feeling really good. So it's, it's interesting. Um, both Gabe Kapler and Farhan Zaidi have mentioned to us the coast to coast flights, you know, that you guys didn't do any, um, nobody did any coast to coast traveling last year. And then suddenly now it's back on and a lot of teams are dealing with a lot of soft tissue injuries. You guys are among them. Is that, was it really rough kind of being back on a coast to coast flight after so long without really doing one and also having to then perform? Uh, yeah, it kind of was. It worked out when we were on our, on the way to Miami where we had an off day the next day. Um, but when we flew back in from Philly, you know, it was a six-hour flight, and then we'd get ready and play the next day. Um, they just kind of have to listen to your body more and, you know, get more more work done in the trainer room when you need to. Um, but I think it's just it's going to be a really long season, but um, especially from only having 60 games last year, I think there's going to be some things that are, we're going to work through and, you know, we're going to – that's why we got 26 guys on the roster and, you know, a lot of guys on the taxi squad. So we're going to have a lot of help along the long season. So, yeah. Now, when you have a stretch where um, you're maybe giving up a few home runs, you're, you're obviously a guy who throws in the mid nineties um, and you're mostly fastball slider. Is that when stuff like that happens, is it what's go goes into it? Are guys sitting on a pitch or is it a matter of your location is maybe your movement, not what you're usually getting. What do you see that, that goes on in, in these kind of um, stretches? Uh, for me, it's more of looking back at it and being like, was it my movement? Not right. Was it my location? Was it a guy where I, sh- you know, should have thrown a slider other than a fastball. But at the end of the day, if I locate my fastball where I need to, um, I look at it more location because everyone is, pretty much sitting fastball anyways. Um, and I think by uh, the game against Miami, it made the adjustment from the first time I faced them um, and threw a lot more sliders and um, punch out the side uh, actually two times in a row against them and threw a lot more sliders and kind of making adjustments throughout the season. But for me, it's location with my fastball. I locate that and mix in my slider when I need to. Um, I'll have success. Yeah. Um- how how difficult just in general is closing? I mean, you've been a reliever long enough that I'm I'm sure you're very good at turning the page. You know, like close the book, come back the next day, all that that good stuff that they say you have to do as a reliever. But how much more difficult is closing? Is it an extra weight on your shoulders? Um, I wouldn't say it's really extra weight. It's just for some reason the last out of the game is always a little harder. Um, I feel like the hitters are a little more little more locked in on those last three outs they don't want to make the last half of the game and um it's a little more hyped up but if you can focus on one pitch at a time and slow it down i've been pitching for a while so now like even coming over here i was like if i'm closer great but if I, you need to use me in the eighth I, like i'm okay with that um which has been good conversations and stuff like that going forward uh, obviously you've been a, a closer in Colorado, which I've got to imagine is one of the more difficult places to do that. After being a closer in Colorado, does everything else seem a little bit easier? I mean, that's got to be like a trial by fire some nights. Yeah, it kind of was the first year I came over to Colorado. I had good success early in the season and I, I got hurt in like June. Um, I didn't close much after that, but I think just pitching in Colorado in general. And then, you know, when I went to the Dodgers last year, it was just so different than Colorado, just the ball movement and, you know, just getting my body right and everything moving the right way. Cause then when you come to Colorado, 
now I know that my fastball doesn't rise it like six inches less here. So I have to make adjustments and where I'm going to throw it. And, you know, it just, you just have to locate better here. I feel like. Yeah. That's crazy. In Colorado. Yeah. Cause you can't, you've got to be yeah, in Colorado. Yeah. You got to be absolutely perfect. Really. I mean, I, I would think mm-hmm. a, lo- a lot of nights. Yeah. Yeah. That's not fun. I don't, I, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> so you, wind up going to the Dodgers last year. It's obviously a pandemic season and all of that, but you guys wind up in the World Series. What was last year like? Um, kind of all the way around. First dealing with everything and, and being with a new team and then winding up going all the way. Um, it was, it ended up great, but the beginning of it, you know, I'm having a few down years in Colorado and then when I got released, I, you know, I, the Dodgers called, they said they could help me with, multiple different things get me back to where I was before. Um, and I was up for that and I'm, you know, made the right decision in doing that. And, you know, it was a different season and, you know, we didn't have all the normal fans like in LA would, um, just how the season progressed and what I learned and, you know, made me a better pitcher overall throughout the season. Um, it was really neat. Well, what sort of things did they have you focusing on? Um, they kind of got my body moving the right way, kind of loosened up my hips a little bit, um, gave me some exercises to do every day. Um, but the big thing was the, was a clean fuego. I talked quite a bit about, mm-hmm. um, that got my movement back on my fastball consistently. Um, and I use that every day. I use it warm up in the bullpen. I use it playing catch. Um, so it's pretty much a tool I use all the time now, which is nice. Yeah. Describe to, to people who might not have heard of it, what, what that is. Uh, it's a, they have a red one with the same weight as a baseball, but it, the weight is centered on it. So it helps your hand get higher. Um, cause some guys, if you throw a lot of sliders, your hand gets on the side of the wall a lot, but I throw a lot of fastballs and when my hand gets too low, I lose a lot of my movement. So they have a red one, um, what's the same as a baseball. And then they have a blue one, what helps you make adjustments a lot quicker. Um, but I'm at the point to where I can just use the red one and just maintain it and, you know, being with the Giants, they've given me all the all the numbers after every outing or whatever I asked for. It's been easy to make adjustments when I need to. So, so it just kind of makes sure it makes sure that your hand is basically in the right position. You could because if it's not, you're going to feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to feel it, and even even if my velocity is still nine four nine five, it could not have the right movement. So it's um, big to have that and stay on top of it. We'll be back in just a moment with more with Giants closer Jake McGee. But first, a reminder, you can find all of the Chronicles Giants coverage at www.sfchronicle.com. And to subscribe, go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. How much has your delivery changed over the years? Because I remember when you, you know, first came into the league in Tampa, it, it certainly looked a little different at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's changed a little bit. Um, and last year, they the Dodgers kind of like got me back to more of my mechanics I had with Tampa too. They're saying, well, 
you had a bigger leg kick and you did this this way and stayed back more. And then Colorado, I was rushing and not staying back. Um, once I did that too and had the feel for it, everything kind of clicked and it felt like I was, you know, when I was with Tampa again. So, Has, it, has your fastball always had that kind of movement? Uh, is it something that can be taught? Did you learn it somewhere? Or is it just sort of a natural, you know, result of your sort of natural delivery? Um, uh, I learned a lot about it last year because I asked them why my fastball is so different. I why I've, mm-hmm. I've always been able to throw my fastball, even in the minor leagues and all that. Like it's it's a combination of my mechanics and how low I release the ball, but I have uh, really good vertical rise and good horizontal rise. So usually the hitters will, you know, ask the hitting coach like, oh, how much rise does he have? And he'll say, okay, like try to have the bat like two or three inches higher. But mine has like two inches height and horizontal, so it's harder for them to track it better. That's funny because I was going to say there are times where I'm watching you pitch where it almost looks like it's breaking twice, which is sort of what you're talking about, I think. Is it like you're getting some mm-hmm. sort of the rise and a little bit of the sideways movement too? Yeah, yeah. So I get a little, I get extra sideways movement where a lot of guys like Kershaw and like Walker Buehler, they have really good vertical, but they don't have a lot of horizontal. God, that seems like that would be almost impossible to hit. That's that's crazy. And that's just <laughs> yeah. something that's basically just natural. It's not something that somebody mm-hmm. said, here, do this, and you're going to get this kind of action on it. Exactly. Yeah, wow. I just that's how how I pitched. And I just, when I was in the big leagues, they, they're like, just keep throwing your fastball, and, like, it's working, so just stick with it. And I just... It just has always worked well. I've been very blessed. Oh, that's good. That's absolutely. You are. You're very lucky. That's incredible. I think everybody would, would give their left arm to be able to do that. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Um, so obviously you signed the, with the Giants this offseason, um, a, a little bit on the late side, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. who, who else were you talking to? Or, you know, if you're not comfortable talking about who else, um, why the Giants? Were, and were you talking to lots of other teams? How, how would you characterize what, what your search was like when you were looking for a new team? Um, it was pretty quiet early, but when it kind of heated up, I had I had probably over, over half a dozen teams, um, but it came down to like the Giants and the Braves, and then there was um, four or five other teams what were uh, um, had like one year deals. So I, you know, when I was looking at it, I wanted more security. Um, it kind of came down to that. Um, but it, it helped out a lot knowing and the younger staff at uh, the Giants and know they're going to be like the Dodgers more and have really analytical and give me whatever I need and kind of just staying in the West Coast too was pretty appealing to to me. So yeah, that's funny. So you're the two teams you grew up rooting for were kind of like your two of your finalists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was kind of crazy when I talked about it. I was like, this is kind of crazy. Like, but uh, it's just really fortunate for to have those teams and be that interested and, you know, very happy with the choice I made. So, yeah. Do you still live in the Tampa area in the off season? Uh, no, we actually, uh, we sold our house in Tampa and we moved to Reno. So we're full time in Reno and we are full time in Reno going in free agency. And they didn't really think the giants, you know, would offer anything going into free agency, but to be like the closest team to Reno has <laughs> been, been pretty cool. That's absolutely amazing. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. We're very happy for yeah. you guys. Um, yeah. So I know every bullpen kind of has its own characteristics, develops its own personality. How would you describe the Giants bullpen at this point? You've, you guys have had a little bit of coming and going, um, but in mm-hmm. general, kind of how would you describe what you guys have together with the group? 
Um, we have a pretty young group, but I feel like everyone's um, settling in their roles a little more and kind of everyone has a good idea of it. Um, like it's good to see guys like Duval and then Santos come up and get outing here and there. Like those guys are going to be huge for our depth throughout the season. Um, but to have multiple lefties with like me, Berger and um, Hosey down there. And then, you know, to have someone like Rogers there, he's just a completely different look. Totally. And then you have Duval throwing like sidearm at 99. So it's a, we have a good dynamic down there, which I've in the past in really good bullpens. It's good to have multiple different looks. So. Yeah, and so many lefties, which um, is a little unusual. But when you have a lefty closer, it makes sense that you might have a few more lefties than a normal team. But um, there was a point, I think, where you guys had five lefties in the bullpen, which is which is pretty unusual. Was that, is that fun when you're a lefty to have that many other lefties? Because there were probably years, I'm guessing, where you were the only left-hander in bullpens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been years in the past where it's only been me, but... It's been cool having that many lefties in the bullpen because, like, I can help them out and kind of bounce things off each other and, you know, try to help each other be better pitchers. And um, it always helps out in a bullpen because it's a long season. And if it's how you approach different hitters or if it's how, you know, how you're feeling that day or something's off, like, it's always good to have a lot of lefties down there. It seems like they're like every bullpen, you guys kind of everywhere, everybody kind of roots for each other, pulls for each other, which makes sense. But you guys are always talking and trying to figure things out, which is great. Um, Do you but do you still are you still able to have fun? Is it still kind of like a jokester bullpen? Are you guys one of the more serious kind of like what's the personality like away from like the actual baseball stuff? Um, I feel like our bullpen's very relaxed and easygoing um, and keep it loose down there. having Craig Alvarez down there keeps it really loose and fun. And I feel like that's how a bullpen should be. Um, try not to stress too much about it. And, you know, everyone does their work the right way. And, you know, you can be loose down there and not worry about anything. So it, it, it seems like such an interesting dynamic with, with bullpens. Do you find you wind up being kind of like friends for life with a lot of guys you wind up being in bullpens with for like a year or two? Uh, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of guys I still talk to, um, you know, like Wade Davis and Brad Boxberger, and I'm still keeping in touch with Brian Shaw. And, you know, you always, you know, because you're down there a lot, <laughs> it's a long season. So you kind of create a lot of good relationships and, you know, have bullpen dinners here and there, um, even though we haven't been able to do that yet. But once we only get 85%, we'll be, you know, be able to loosen some restrictions. So. Yeah, I think you guys are like a, a week or so away from the 85%, which will be fantastic. Everybody's moving closer to that, which will be a little bit more normalcy for you guys, which, yeah, for especially for a bullpen, I think will be really valuable. Now, you guys um, yeah. have your first doubleheader. Um, what does that do for a bullpen as you go into that? As as we're talking now on a Monday, you guys have the doubleheader on the Tuesday. Um, what kind of challenge does that present for a bullpen? Um, for bullpen-wise, this year it's um... – I feel like this year it's a little better for bullpen since it's two seven inning uh, games to where the starter goes into the sixth inning, the bullpen only have to throw one inning first game. And then, you know, even if he throws four or five the next game, that's two, three innings. Um, and that's still only four innings like a normal nine inning game. Uh, it's kind of what we were talking about. If each starter goes five innings, like that's only four innings for the bullpen in two games, which is which is good for the bullpen overall, um, especially long season. If we're going to have more double headers, it's I feel like it's good to have the seven inning ones. 
Yeah. That's very nice. Um, so you definitely have to hope that the starter goes to six. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys yeah. wind up with minimal usage. But you need to get in yeah. there pretty soon, I'm guessing, after a, basically a week off. Um, you... Yeah, they were going to try to get me in um, yesterday, but um, they want to get Duvall back out there. And then um, they said I'll definitely be in there tomorrow, 100%. So. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. hope so. Um, you guys finish April in first place. Uh, I think that surprised some people. How do you, how do you guys see it? You're the first month of the season. Um, I feel like, a you know, a lot of us on the team, we are competing and we felt like we were going to be in this spot, um, with a lot of the veterans on our team too. And then mix it with the young guys. Um, and then our starting staff too, like all pretty much all of them are on their on one year deals too. And they want to do really well. And, I think it helps to have all the resources here too is a um, big part of it and learning what's working and not working. And um, I feel like that works really well here and like give them all the information they can get and they're having success with it. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, it seems like one of the things you guys have managed to do really well so far is, you know, the pitching started off super hot and the offense wasn't, you know, performing up to what I think people expected, but you guys were winning the games because the pitching was so good. And then the days that the pitching has maybe not been as sharp, those seem to be the days that the offense has been coming through. So like the timing's been good. And I know there's no way to guarantee that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's luck, but uh, you've been part of some really good teams. Mm -hmm. Do you see that as a good sign? Is there something that you guys are doing right that's contributing to those sorts of things? Yeah, I think uh, we're winning close games like that. we, I think we've had the most like save opportunities overall out of any team. And that means that we're, you know, winning games and close games. And anytime we can keep it really close, like even the first two games in San Diego, they're still three to two. Like all it really took was one hit in a right situation. And we win, you know, two out of three there. And it's just winning those close games and having the guys we have hitter wise. And then, you know, we have a lot of veteran hitters on our team who've hit in big situations. So I think that's going to help us throughout the season. Yeah. How much are you enjoying working with um, somebody like Buster Posey, who's obviously kind of a, uh, you know, a legend. Uh, and then you guys have maybe, I'm guessing, the best backup catcher at this point in baseball and Kirk Casale, um, especially given the the team record, I think, with him in is now 9-1. Mm-hmm. and one. Yeah, I think with both of them, you know, working with Buster and then Kurt, um, they're very smart catchers and they know – each pitcher and what they do best and know the hitters who are out there too. Um, and you put all that together with all the information. I feel like, you know, it's makes their job a lot easier too. Um, but it's, it's been great so far. Even just starting, started spring training and into the season. I think, you know, we have the two best catchers in the big leagues right now. Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure everybody's noticed, but I, anybody that follows the, the Giants certainly has, and it's amazing to see Buster back where he basically looks like where he was, you know, five, six, seven years ago. So that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. been super fun to watch. Now, um, yeah. the Giants in their PR notes have a really fun little note about you. It might be the most fun note I've seen in the PR notes. Um, tell us about what you wear on written on the inside of your hat and what you do at the start of uh, each outing. Um, and my hat, I write, uh, it kind of evolved into more writing more things on it. Um, but on the left side, I write family first on there. And then the right side, I write, take a breath, feel the ball and then pound the zone. And I wrote, write Mo and Row on there for my wife, Morgan and uh, daughter Rowan. So, Oh, that's right. And you take a little look at it right when you get going 
And then that kind of yep. speeds you on your way, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of it, it calms you down, like and take a breath and feel the ball and like everything kind of feels in the sink after that. And, you know, it's very, very calming before I start the inning, which is nice. Man, that's the nicest little ritual I think I've ever heard before somebody goes into a game. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, I've, I've added added things over the years and stuff for the sayings and all that. But um, I always like to work with. Um, some of the mental coaches over the years, which has been nice. Yeah, it's great. So you come out to like Lip Bits Biscuit when you're at home, and that's like hard, mm-hmm. like <laughs> driving music. And then you've got this really sweet little ritual that you do. It's kind of like the both sides of a of a closer, I guess. Yeah, I had the I've had the Limp Biscuit My Way song um, since high A, and then I switched it a little bit in the big leagues here and there. But I figured had it since the minor league so i might as well go back to it so yeah don't change what works for sure mm-hmm. uh and yeah. i think that that's probably just uh exactly the message in general because it's so far so good with for you and the giants jake mckee thanks so much for joining us on giant splash we really appreciate it uh thanks for having me our thanks again to jake mckee for joining us on giant splash our producers today were king kaufman and g allen johnson our music batter up was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. We'll be back again next week with more Giants Splash. Thanks for listening.